Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, here we go. Flyers Daily for Wednesday, April 27th. We're down to the final two. Flyers in Winnipeg tonight. 7.30 puck drop in Winnipeg. I don't know if it's 7.30 their time. It's 7.30 our time. As the Flyers will take on the Winnipeg Jets, it'll be their final road game of the season. Game number 81. The Jets this season. Disappointing campaign. Not quite as disappointing as the Flyers, but not headed to the postseason. And for a team with Connor Hellebuck in his prime and but you know some really good players there, obviously disappointing. Pierre-Luc Dubois, a name that's been thrown around perhaps being as a trade chip this summer. Mark Scheifele's name. They do have some good players in Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers, Blake Wheeler, and others. Paul Maurice, of course, resigned earlier this season. So uh, they'll get the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Winnipeg on the season, 79 games played, 36, 32, and 11, 83 points. They have officially been eliminated from the playoffs. They're 3-6-1 in their last 10, and they did win their last game. Flyers come into the game through 80 games, 25, 44, and 11, 61 points, 3-7 and seven in their last 10. And, of course, they lost their last one. That was a Monday night against the Chicago Blackhawks. So in this episode, we're not going to go too far in breaking down or previewing the game, but in this episode, I want to go through a couple of DMs that I got recently. Haven't really gone through and been able to check the the DM folder in a little bit of time, uh, but got a couple and I wanted to address them here. So first and foremost, Danny had tweeted me, DM'd me, and said, Danny Dan Matos is his name. He said, Jason, just finished uh, listening to the recent podcast with Anthony Sanfilippo. It was from my Stick to Hockey Live show. And he said, when you were discussing the retool, he said, I can't help but wonder about the timeline and how Sean Couturier will fit into it. He said, he said I think he's a great player, but I wouldn't want to see a similar situation with him as we saw with Drew. He said, I understand the need for vets, especially ones that understand winning hockey, but is Coots a guy you think Fletcher would consider moving to a team that is closer to winning now? Well, Sean Couturier's contract, he signed that eight-year extension uh, last July, very early on in the free agency period and very early on from when they were eligible to sign him to an extension. He signed that eight-year contract, committed to the Flyers, I thought at the time, and I still believe this now, that in his meetings with Chuck Fletcher, kind of seeing the direction the organization was going, both last offseason and going forward, that he felt like, okay, this is a place I want to commit. They want to win. I believe in the plan. Obviously, that plan didn't work this year. Sean Couturier was injured most of the season and uh, made that commitment eight years beyond this one from 2022-23 season all the way through 2029-2030 at an average cap hit. Uh, the AAV of $7.75 million. Had he gone to free agency, now coming off the injury year, probably wouldn't have got more. But if he had another good season, another Sean Couturier season, I think would have got considerably more than that, maybe upwards of almost a million dollars more per year on a seven-year contract. But that being said, Couturier's new contract kicks in this coming season. And he does have a full no-move clause for the first seven years of the eight-year contract. The last year, he has uh, a modified no-trade clause, but the first seven years, he's got full control, much like Claude Giroux had with the full no-move clause. So any deal that he would be a part of, he obviously would have to greenlight. The other thing is, is I just tend to doubt when a player commits somewhere for eight years and they make that decision, they put their roots down with their, their wife and their family and John Couturier, 
is a guy married with kids and real good family man. Pretty simple guy, not not a flashy guy in the way he lives or anything like that. I, I imagine that when he made that decision to sign that eight-year extension, it was to entrench himself here even further. And just picking up and leaving after what happened this past season is not an option. I think Couturier is a guy that absolutely you keep around for a couple of reasons. One, I think he will age well in the league, even though he's played a lot of hockey already at the age of 29, came in in his draft year and played right away, pretty significant role as well. And he's a guy, though, that you know plays the game with such high hockey IQ that even as some burst or some injuries take their toll on his physical abilities, he'll be able to make up for that with his mental abilities to play hockey. So I think he will, he's a guy that will age pretty well. Now, will he be in eight years, in year seven or eight of this deal, the same player he is, I think he's going to be again next year? Probably not. Not many people are. Patrice Bergeron, 36 years old, still playing really good hockey. And, you know, Couturier's not Bergeron. They have a lot of the same skills and a lot of the same ways that they kind of look at the game. But I think that Sean Couturier is going to bounce back. The fact that he's already skating and has been for about a month now, uh, I think tells you a lot that he's getting back on the ice already after that back surgery. And yeah, those two words are scary. Back surgery. You never want you want to avoid that if at all possible. And we had Coots on a while back, and uh, we're going to get him on again here at the end of the season and kind of check in where he is. You know, that's kind of what's coming up over the next week is uh, we're going we're gonna to have a lot of players on. And I haven't had as many players on the podcast this season as we have in past seasons. And part of the reason for that is I haven't been asking for as many because I know the guys, when things are going really poorly, they don't want to talk. So it's not really a conversation they want to have. So, you know, I, I don't want to get a guy on just to get him on. I always look to the audience and what can the audience get out of this? And if guys just, and it's a miserable place at certain times and it was this season, then no, I don't want to just get guys on to get them on. I think we can do better content than that here on this podcast. But at the end of the season, we are going to talk to a lot of players. We're going to ask them to reflect on this year. We're going to ask them what they can take out of this year that they can learn from and move forward with whether that's young players like Noah Cates, Bobby Brink, Owen Tippett, Morgan Frost, and others, Ronnie Adderd, or whether that's veteran players. Sean Couturier got to watch a lot of the games this year from the press box. What does that do for a player? How, do, how does that change the perspective as a player to see it from upstairs for a pronounced period of time? So we're going to get into all those different conversations, and Couturier is going to be a big one. And, and he's a big pseudo question mark heading into next season you know he's a guy that I don't doubt is going to be ready and get back to the level of play but there is a little concern when you're coming off back surgery the Ryan Ellis situation is a little bit different because the ambiguity surrounding his injury all season lends to that as well so uh, all things to consider but we will talk to Sean Couturier coming up in the next couple of weeks for sure and then the other one I wanted to get to was uh, from Derek Georgopoulos. Derek's got a great, great Greek name, Georgopoulos. I went to a school with a John Georgopoulos. That's how I knew how to say it. But he says, hey, Jason, not sure if you're going to read this in time uh, for Monday's episode. He sent me this a couple days, apparently. Uh, he said, but I'd love to get your thoughts on this, that the Flyers don't get the first overall pick from this year's lottery. He said, I'd love to see them try and move up 
to get Shane right. He said, while he is no generational talent, I think he does have 80 to 90 point ceiling in the NHL as a 1C. Plus, he can step in right away and contribute and grow while Coots and Hayes are still producing. I truly don't think this roster will be bad enough to get a lottery pick next year if they stay healthy. Uh, big win today. Still hate the Pens. That was obviously on Sunday when he said that. Um, so the notion of moving up and the notion of, you know, that they won't be in position to be in the lottery the following season. So for the 2023 draft, when there is a generational player there, and I don't throw that generational term around like a lot of people. Uh, some people throw them around like manhole covers. I do not throw that term around lightly. Connor Bedard is that. Now, I'm not tanking and trying to lose on purpose, but pending how this offseason plays out, I could be in position to be in that lottery the following year. And, you know, as, as somebody who wants this team to not only get good, be good, be a playoff team and a Stanley Cup contender, and, and I want it for the long term, I could suffer through another year where you're playing young players, letting them develop, seeing what guys are, and if you were able to somehow get a Connor Bedard, I mean, a player like Connor Bedard is kind of like what Sidney, this is unfair, but this is kind of like what Sidney Crosby did to the Pittsburgh Penguins in Pittsburgh. He put them on the front page for 15 years. And as long as Sidney Crosby is lacing up skates and playing hockey, his team is a contender. They've won three cups, they've gone to four. But as long as you have a player of that magnitude, and I believe that Bedard is kind of the next guy that will enter the league in that same that same unconscious air, then, hey, you know, I'm all for it. But as far as moving up for Shane Wright, you know, I don't know that I do that because I think you can get a good player if you draft two, three, four, or five. And I just don't want to give up extra draft equity. I think one of the things that we've learned this season with the Flyers is that they're not just one player away. You know, one player gets you one player closer, but they're not one player away. And building your team through the draft and development, while that's been an issue for them, maybe not the drafting part, but the development part, you know, that doesn't mean you abandon the most tried and true strategy at roster building. And the other part of it is, is the cap is only going to go up a million this year. It's only going to go up a million the year after that and a million the year after that. And then we'll get a normal escalation of the cap because the escrow money uh, will be paid back to the owners from the players. So you still need to get contributions from young players on entry-level contracts. Now, to Derek's point about Shane Wright can step right in on an ELC, contribute right away, and obviously you can take advantage of that. Any players that you're drafting five, maybe they're ready for the NHL. That's no, not even close to a slam dunk, though. So you don't know. You might be two years away from seeing that player in the NHL and then three to four years away from that player being a really good NHL player. So I get it. And the timeline with Sean Couturier at 29 and Kevin Hayes. So I'm not totally against it. It just depends where I'm moving from. And it also depends on what the tact is next year for this, you know, going into next year, what the, what the plan is this offseason. I think we maybe we'll find that out on Sunday when Chuck Fletcher speaks, maybe quantify what the organization's position is moving forward this summer. You know, do, does the 
play of some of these younger players like Brink and Cates, Morgan Frost and Owen Tippett, does that change things? Because a lot's changed since the aggressive retool statement was made. I mean, Claude Giroux was still a flyer. Derek Broussard was still a flyer. Justin Braun was still a flyer. So you got to quantify that now because it could mean something far different. Things can change. That's the thing about sports. There's two things that you can always change your expectation with a sports team because the situation changes. And you can always change your tactic, big picture, going into an offseason. Just because you said something in December or January doesn't mean that you have to hold to that come May and June and July. You got to do what's best with the knowledge you have now, not just because you said that in January, we're going with an aggressive retool. If that doesn't make sense now because of what you've seen out of some of these young players and the situation around the league and what's available and what's not available and hockey trades and through the draft and through the lottery and all that stuff, then it doesn't make sense. So maybe we'll hear a revision on that of, you know, kind of, I don't think Chuck Fletcher is going to tip his entire hand. But maybe we get a little bit of insight into the direction that they will go this offseason, the level of aggression that they will attack this offseason with. And again, the first element that we will really get an indication on is, do they hire a coach within a calendar week? Elaine Vigneault was hired within a calendar week of the end of the 18-19 season. April 15th. Season ended on April 8th. He was hired on April 15th. If the Flyers go two, three weeks— there's probably a coach that's either employed with a team still in the playoffs or an assistant, and they have to wait it out a little bit longer. That could be our first indication. Then who they hire as the coach and coaching staff is a very big indication what direction they're going. And we'll read into it at that time. Who are the guys that they're interested in? I would imagine Chuck Fletcher has got a list of four to five names that he has zeroed in on. Guys of varying skill sets and guys of varying levels of the name recognition or pedigree, whatever you want to call it. We'll see where they go, and we'll dissect that at that time. But it's the Flyers in Winnipeg tonight. Hey, could Paul Maurice, former Winnipeg Jets coach, who resigned earlier this season, could he be one of those guys on Chuck Fletcher's shortlist? I certainly think so. I like him a lot as a coach, and I would not mind him being the next bench boss of the Philadelphia Flyers. I think he can do a lot worse than Paul Maurice. All right, so we'll break down Flyers Winnipeg tomorrow. Uh, everybody, enjoy your hockey tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Dale. I'm down to the